KCSF News, May 20th, 2019. This is going to be sort of a continuation of the last series I did on the 47% college dropout rate. That's the last three episodes. You'll hear similar sounds like me walking through the hallways at the City College of San Francisco, and I touch on a lot of the same themes, like about what it means to grow up and get older. I would advise you to check those last three episodes out before listening to this one, but it's not necessary. On this episode, we're going to be answering the question, are you somehow behind in life if you go back to school later in life? I'm Nicholas Harder. Don't forget to rate and review, and enjoy. When I first started researching for this story, I didn't know what to call them. Older students, adult students, returning students. I did some research, and apparently the proper term for a person who goes back to school later in life is adult learner. I'm not a huge fan of this term. I think it sounds oddly juvenile and maybe a little patronizing. Kind of like telling someone they're special. But hey, we can reclaim it. So. Did you know adult learners make up 41% of the student body at colleges and universities nationally? Here at the City College of San Francisco, where I volunteer at the school's radio station KCSF, that number is even higher. Over half of students are older than 25. About 20% are older than 40. I've spent the last semester here getting to know some of these adult learners. Several of them described to me a sense of feeling behind or out of place. I wanted to dig into that and ask, how should we think about going back to school in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond? Are you behind in life if you get your bachelor's at 35? I am just under 25 myself, and at the outset of my reporting, I imagine there might be a stigma associated with going back to school when you're older. It could be harder to work with your younger peers, not to mention making friends. I started my investigation wandering around campus, asking younger students how they thought the experience of their older counterparts might differ from their own. I can imagine it must be quite difficult being surrounded by younger individuals, and as for some, they're as young as their kids. I give praise to anyone who's doing that right now. It could be a humbling experience, mm-hmm. I suppose. Definitely. I actually help someone who's maybe in his 40s do HTML in 20 minutes and I was just learning with him that day. And that's the roughest part I feel like, like metaphorically speaking, putting the training wheels back on because that's basically what the adults are doing when they're coming back to school. They're putting back on the training wheels and they're like, oh, I've already had these on before. Why the hell are these going back on, damn it? And then they see all these kids around riding motorcycles or riding really fast bikes like, damn, I'm behind all these dudes. The younger students intuitively understood some of the challenges of being an adult learner and this feeling of being behind. What surprised me was how unfazed they were about being on a campus with so many quote-unquote adults. While they recognized some of their specific challenges, they did not see adult learners as being that much different from themselves. 22-year-old Corey Rossi, who I interviewed in a microphone-laden studio, summed it up nicely. They are just like normal people though, you know? Like, (laughs) I don't see them as like different. 
And like, I just see them as another student. Do you think the experience of going to City College is the same for them or much different? I feel like it is what they make it. Because like, if they're older and they aren't as mature, maybe they are gonna feel like, oh, I feel so different, I'm old, and like, I feel weird. And then maybe if they're an older person and they are more mature, they're probably not even considering their age. It's funny to hear a 22-year-old define what it means to be mature. But I do think there's truth to his message. It is what you make it. Maybe you're only out of place or behind in life if you see yourself that way. Curious what the adult learners would say, I shared this it is what you make it sentiment with them. I was expecting they would say something like, that's not right. There's some big important differences. It's not just what you make it. I'm not just another student. But instead, they all said, I think he's right about that. You know, I really enjoy this experience. Like a student in my class was seven, is 17. We started, became friends. He felt very comfortable talking to me. I felt very comfortable talking to him. And we just had this great conversation. Being in grade school and high school, you think about people a year or two younger than you is much different. But as you get older, time starts to stretch out and Realistically, like we're all really similar in our what we need and what we're looking for. So, and that's probably why I feel so comfortable in my classes because maybe these other students feel the same way, and they don't make you feel like, oh, look at her, she's old or anything. Plus, I don't look forty, do I? Hope. <laughs> but maybe that is why I'm having such awesome times in my class because if that's the mindset, then it's really working. The adult learners' responses to Corey's statement were heartwarming. They appreciated being seen as just another student. And I agree with Yolanda, who you heard in that last clip, when she points out that having that mindset, you know, that we're all the same, that we're all here to learn, that mindset is helpful. Like I said, I've learned a lot about new words and the new things that are being added every day. And so they are more familiar with a lot of these things than I am. And so um, we can actually teach and help each other. But it was also frustrating getting only positive responses. I'm trying to figure out what's different about the experience of being an adult learner and why some of them feel behind, and no one wants to fight me on this. Is it really just what you make it, like Corey said? I was starting to feel like age at a college like CCSF is something that people spend so much time trying to move past and not think about that when I suggest, hey, maybe we are all the same, maybe it's just your mindset, most students are all too eager to agree. That is, until I talk to Max. I definitely can see both sides of the, the spectrum on that. Max is in his mid-30s. In the last 20 years, he's worked in the service industry, he's been a realtor and a manager at a health food store. Now he's back at school to study broadcast arts, looking to get into maybe voice acting or sound design. Max had a more, shall we say, moderate perspective on Corey's it is what you make it comment. I'd say the approach is different. For some kids, they don't really want to be here. Their parents are telling them to be here, or their teacher told them you need to do this and do that. And you can kind of tell in their face they don't really want to be here. Whereas I feel like maybe the older folks like myself, we know what we're here for. Max wears oversized basketball shoes and leans forward on his knees when he talks. He looks thoughtful and intense as he acknowledges that it can be jarring when you're tossed into a class with students who are young enough to be your kid. When you see these kids out here in clothes and backpacks that, you know, you maybe you see like your younger cousins or maybe some, some people our age, their kids are, you know, wearing, or you kind of look at them as a different generation. It 
makes things interesting, I, can, I guess you can say. Max touches on something here that gets to the heart of this story. It's a little uh, intimidating being the older guy. I think uh, when you're a freshman or sophomore, fresh out of high school, you're kind of lost in some ways. And so you're kind of finding your way. And I feel like if I'm lost at 34, it can be a little uh, discouraging. Mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, I might be able to be your dad. I might be old enough to be your dad. It's just a, a challenge. Yeah. It challenges me. Yeah. You feel like you don't want to be beat out by the kids. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just look at it like, you know, I'm a little behind on the eight ball. That feeling of being out of place, that feeling that if you're not necessarily out of time, you're certainly a little late. Where does it come from? There's this idea that life is literally like the board game, life. With each spin of the wheel, you advance your little plastic car a certain number of squares across the game board, making important decisions along the way. The game starts with the choice to go to university or enter straight into the workforce. Because as we all know, life doesn't actually start until you turn 18. You pick your profession, you pick how many kids you're gonna have, you try not to get divorced, and at the end of the game, the player who has the most money when they retire wins. I hate the idea that actual life is like this, but I know that the pressure adult learners like Max feel is very real. In the game of life, there is no going back. Nick, it's from KCSF Radio, our yeah. own student Yeah, I was going to say, I, I really yeah. appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in Chancellor Mark Roach's office, the head of the City College of San Francisco. As a reporter from the college's radio station, I'm here to interview him about his experience as an adult learner. Given his life experience, which we'll delve into in a moment, I'm hoping he has some clarifying words for older students who are feeling out of place or behind like Max. So we're going to talk, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about... The chancellor invites me to sit at the corner of a long, polished wooden conference table. His desk is attached to the far end. It's empty except for two closed manila folders laid symmetrically in front of a computer on standby. The wall his desk faces is one big window, overlooking the science hall at the center of campus, with house-laden San Francisco hills rolling in the background. The chancellor himself is a blocky guy, with a firm handshake and a big, toothy grin. So I can get a level on your voice, I'll ask you a random question to start with. How'd you get to school today? That is a great question. How did I get to school today? Well, you know, I work out every morning at the gym here. Um, I live downtown. And so I got up this morning at 4.24, got my stuff, jumped in the car, so. 4.24, exactly. 4.24, every morning. All right, so no one's going to say the chancellor <laughs> doesn't work hard. You get up at 4.24. 4.24. That's the only way you can drive in San Francisco. Chancellor Rocha is 65. He has a PhD in English and has spent most of his life as a teacher and administrator. He had actually retired back in 2010. But seven years ago, he was asked to come out of retirement to help New York Governor Cuomo's office manage the recovery from Hurricane Sandy. Hurricane Sandy landed in 2012, killed over 100 people, and caused $70 billion of damage. It was a job which required construction knowledge the chancellor lacked. So while still working with the recovery effort, he went back to school in his late 50s to get a master's degree in engineering. So I was an English major. You know, I was one of those people who thought, well, I'm not that good at science and math. 
And so I said, well, darn it. I gave all people like you, like, good advice, like, you know, work hard at science and math and everything. I said, well, I'm going to take some of my own advice. While adult learners were my main focus, there were a couple other subjects I would have liked to broach with the chancellor, like about the dropout rate, for example. It was his media relations director, Connie Chan, who suggested that, during my limited time with him, I keep it focused on his experience as an adult earner. Being in his office and speaking with him, I could see why. It was clear that going back to school in his 50s had been a transformative and energizing experience for him. I had to become a student again. And all the students, at least most, was, was I? Yeah, most of the students were younger than me. And this is after years of being a teacher administrator a teacher, on the other side. administrator, and one of the greatest things about it is that the other people I went to school with, all of whom were younger, were so supportive. You know, and I would, I would ask them questions, you know, my homework questions. <laughs> I would go find the architect on my program when I was trying to design something, and, and I still have friends from it. It was, like I said, the hardest thing uh, I had ever done, but really tremendously rewarding. We're going to return to Max's story and the Chancellor's response to it in a moment. Before that, I want to talk briefly about the connection between being humble and this feeling of being behind in life. Most students want to fit in at school, right? You know, you don't want to be like an oddball and so on. And so uh, you kind of have those natural fears. Feeling like he fit in was a big part of why the chancellor's experience going back to school was so positive. And an important part of how he fit in was his ability to be humble. Whatever group you're in, uh, you know, if you're in a class or even in my professional work, if the people around you who are younger feel as if your age you are criticizing them, or you have more experience, you know, you've seen it all, then you're not just being old, you're kind of being a jerk. But I think when you're humble, if people see that what I wanted to do was to learn from them, then everything else uh, didn't matter. Seeing younger people as resources to be learned from, rather than blank slates to be lectured to, is not something which comes as easily to all adult learners as it did to Chancellor Rocha. For example, you might remember Vicky Sims from my previous episode about the Diego Rivera mural. She's an adult learner in her 50s or 60s, she wouldn't tell me. And she's pretty good now at getting along with young peoples. In that last episode I mentioned, I refer to her as your classic cool grandma. She's got style, and younger students often come to hang out with her where she works on campus. But while she's got younger friends and acquaintances now, she admitted to me that getting along with the youth did not exactly come naturally. I really didn't come to make friends. I came to go to school, take my classes, and leave. The fact that I was making friends, I was just like so shocked. I was all thinking, Oh, you're talking to me, you know? Vicky had to learn how to get along with her younger peers and how not to lord her age over them. Mostly, that just meant not acting like she knew everything. In the beginning, I used to say things like, you know, I used to do. That's not good. Oh, I used to do this, you know? In other words, I started off saying, you know, I was somebody. Like, oh, I remember when I was doing that that you're doing now. Exactly. I did it a lot in my photography class. Think about it. I was in my photography class. I'd been in advertising all these various things on the periphery, and I didn't know how to use camera. Vicky's had some experience with photography during her past life in the business world. That experience was limited, and it was years ago. 
Still, she felt like she should be able to do it all. It was embarrassing for her, being in that photography class with all this experience and having to admit she didn't know any better than someone three decades younger than her. But then she realized. We don't have to know everything. We don't have to know it all because we're older. Young people, what they're learning, 10 times faster than we did, you know. There's so much information, and we have to realize we don't have to be intimidated by that. When I realized, well, you know, wait a minute. You don't need to do that. Just go be a student and learn. And it worked. I talked at length with both the chancellor and Vicky about the importance of being humble. As Vicky told me, being accepted was as much about other students being open to her as it was about her opening herself up and being vulnerable. That's why she agreed with Corey's it is what you make it comment. And it's true that, in general, the younger students I've spoken with were quite curious to get to know their older counterparts. And I actually think maybe in some way they think it's cool to see an older student go back to say, oh, you're, oh, this is not your job, you're a student. Oh, you're going to go get a master's? I think they think it's kind of cool. And it's cool to know older people, too. If you're a young yeah. person, mm -hmm. like... It's cool to be like, oh, I'm friends with someone who's 10, 20 years older than me. Honestly, I, I mean, I can definitely say having, through this project, talked with different adult learners, they're so much more self-possessed. Mm. And it kind of reminds me of that student you were talking about who's um, 17, mm -hmm. having trouble making friends with others, but mm -hmm. who would talk with you. Mm -hmm. Older folks help me be more self-possessed. They oh. kind of teach me a way to, to be in a way. Oh, that's neat. As much as folks might try to brush off the differences of age, it's something to celebrate, not avoid. The older students I know, they're my role models. I respect the fact that they're older. And for Vicky and the Chancellor, being humble helps them learn from the unique life experiences of their younger peers. So diversity of age on a campus like CCSF turns out to be a big advantage. Here's what the chancellor says about students who go to school here. You'll learn a lot of content, you'll learn a lot of technical know-how, but what you really learn is how to learn and how to socialize with people. Because the, the real challenges in the workforce are how do you get a group of people who are very, very different to work together as a team. It's nice that the different age groups at CCSF, at least according to the folks I interviewed, seem to get along. But how does humbling yourself to be accepted speak to Max's experience and the question, are you behind in life if you go back to school later in life? I'll say that what I found most encouraging from my interview with the chancellor was how, after coming out of retirement to go back to school and help with the hurricane recovery, he was apparently so ignited that he continued his encore career here at CCSF. If this were the game of life, then he had finished, gone backwards, back out onto the board, slid sideways, definitely not gone straight through. None of that would have been possible without being humble. If he'd let his pride get in the way and tried to conform to some vague idea of how life is supposed to go, he would have closed himself off to all those new experiences. In light of those reinvigorating experiences as an adult learner, I shared with him what Max told me. <clears throat> Max, who's also an older student, right. 34, he's been managing a health food store for the last 10 years, looking for a career change. and. He's definitely feeling his age. Yeah. He described this as his first semester. I could feel that this idea that life is like a step-by-step -step board game was wrong. 
but I couldn't find the right words to explain why. I was hoping that the Chancellor, with his zigzag life experience, would be able to provide those words for me. So, what would you say to someone like Max who might be feeling like they're a little bit behind, or like they're lost, or maybe running out of time? Max, where are you? Uh, here, here's my advice. Okay, in five years, how old are you going to be if you don't do this? No matter how old you are, whatever it is you want to do, up the road a piece in two or three years, you're going to be the same age no matter what, except your regret will be greater. Um, huh. That wasn't exactly the answer I was hoping for. I guess I was looking for a comforting bear hug, so to speak, a sort of everything's going to be okay, kid. Instead, he gave Max and I a punch on the shoulder and a hearty, do it now or you'll regret it forever. His words also did not exactly buck the notion that life is like a ticking time bomb. Overall, it was a little more tough love than I was expecting. And you have to get over that, that little fear factor, that little, I don't belong here. This is just for young people. The next month, I met up with Max again and played back the Chancellor's response to his story verbatim. Max, where are you? He appreciated uh, it more than I did, I probably because he's a little older. Um, so I can kind of understand the fear of being 40 or 45 and not being where you want to be. I can totally take heed to his advice because five years from now, you're going to regret it way more if you don't do it now. Hmm. And everyone's on their own timeline, so the chancellor's on his own timeline. I should mention here that Chancellor Rocha already had a PhD when he went back to school. So his experience is a little different from most adult learners who are seeking their first college degree. He wasn't exactly behind. But his avoid regret advice still resonates with someone like Max, who's faced with constant external reminders of where he's at and where he ought to be. For me personally, with my, my buddies, they're already buying houses. They got two kids. Um, I'm not, we just got married. We don't have a house. We're trying to make rent every month. Remind me how old you are. I'm 35. So every day it's a reminder of where I'm at in my life. But it shouldn't, it shouldn't bring me down. It should actually motivate I asked Max how that can be motivating, and he said, You know, it can bring me down, but it can also motivate me like, okay, I see what he's doing. Let's try to like use some of that and kind of fuel what I'm doing instead of using that to say, oh shit, I don't have that. I don't even have that. Oh God, his life is perfect. Or And definitely, you know, that's why the big reason why people say social media can be really unhealthy is when you're comparing yourself to others all the time. Right. That can definitely be a pretty unhealthy thing. Right. And, and I can see how at your age, it would be hard not to do that, though, you yeah. know? I guess I could tell Max to try to be more humble, but that sounds severe when he's already surrounded by reminders of how he's less accomplished, less well-off. So I, I completely understand where the, the chancellor is coming from, but it's also important to have that self-motivation because are you doing it just so you can keep up with others or are you doing it for your own happiness? There's a push and a pull here. It's meaningless for Max to, quote, keep up with others if it's not making him happy. At the same time, how else are we supposed to judge ourselves except by comparing ourselves to others? Our brains are hardwired to seek out patterns, even where none exist. This pattern recognition includes creating a framework for the arc of a lifetime. We create that framework based on the lives of others. That's how the board game life can exist. Go to college, start your career, get married, raise a family, retire wealthy, 
that's the standard model. Of course, real life is more complicated than plastic cars moving across colored cardboard. Very few people actually live out this fantasy so neatly. So the question becomes, is that standard model for life helpful and motivating or discouraging and limiting? And if we reject that model, what replaces it? Speaking of people who have bucked the typical framework for life, I want to return to Vicki Sims. She has some answers for how we can think about going back to school when you're older in a way that's not so negative as being behind in life. Vicki gave up her lifelong business career and her padded expense account to go back to school as an art history major. I feel that it really saved me. It pushed me in a new direction. It fulfilled uh, something that I didn't know needed fulfilling. Vicky is almost 10 years into her life as a part-time student now. A few years ago, she started working on campus as a docent for the famous Diego Rivera mural and at the Modern Art Museum downtown. She had to pick up some work in her new field since she'd eaten through so much of the money she'd saved from working in business. That said, she's not entirely sure where her art history career path is taking her. I told Vicky about Max's story and I asked her if she ever felt lost during her time back at school. Oh, I, I felt really lost. My, my feeling of being lost was over the last couple of years in making my decision to go to get the master's. And I think I confessed to you, did not confess that I tried and I didn't get accepted. Vicki applied once before to a master's program at a local state school. That was a couple of years ago. She did not get in. Yeah. Devastated. And I lost the confidence because any other student would do that. So go just go reapply. But in my soul, and of course, I'll tell you this. This is a true story. I was thinking, oh, it's my age. You know. Do you feel like it would have been easier if you were younger? Yeah. You know why? Because this is a true statement. You have more time. And that is my feeling of being lost. I was calculating time, which went against my own beliefs. Because, Nick, my real belief, the one that's in the gut, is I can do anything, anytime. That's why I went back to school, no problem. Because for some reason, I feel like I have permission to do it. At this point, I play for Vicky the Chancellor's tough love, avoid regret response to Max's story about feeling lost. Sounds like you agree with that. I, I do. And that is something that I think that all students, all people should know, that five years is going to go by. What are you going to do? You're going to go for it or you're going to sit here? You have to go for it. You have to go for it to know that you're going to win or lose, just like I did. I didn't, I didn't make it the first time. You really have to, like, brush yourself off and keep going. Vicky's life is not like a board game. She figured out what she's passionate about, and she's trying to make it work, regardless of age, expectation, or setbacks. Recently, she applied again to a master's program, this time at San Jose State. Thinking about what the chancellor said, I asked her if fear of future regret was what motivated her decision to reapply. Absolutely. And you know what? You want to prove it, do something. Test it. Test it. As in, Think about goals you've set for yourself in the past. You know how it feels when you accomplish a goal and when you don't. 
Now imagine what it feels like to have a goal and to try and fail and try and fail and try and then finally accomplish that goal. And, you know, it doesn't really matter whether it's true or not that it's too late because there's no attitude that's helpful to have except for it's not too late. Go for it. Go Absolutely. for it. You know, well, it's not helpful to think any other way. It like. really, that's the only way to, to think. And uh, it's very liberating. Mm -hmm. It's very liberating to realize that. Real life goes backwards and sideways, and people fail all the time. But it only makes victory sweeter. The flip side of regret is reward. Vicky's living proof of it. It took her half her life to figure out her passion. But now that she has, she told me that every day is validation. She feels like this is where she's meant to be. And I've met so many students that are young. And it's just been, for me, a joy. I love it. I really do. I've met a lot of older students, too. And we are having a fabulous experience. There are countless people who take non-typical life paths, who take their plastic cars and careen off the game board, who are lifelong learners. It's never too late to go back to school, because like the saying goes, the destination is the journey. Sometimes chasing your dreams is just as good as realizing them. Since our last interview, I'm very happy to say that Vicki Sims, who you heard there at the end of the story, she has been accepted to a master's in art history and visual culture program at San Jose State. Congratulations, Vicki. You deserve it. Some other announcements. If you don't know my podcast, The 38, check it out. I got lots of dope stories there. That's at The 38. Look for the picture of the bus. And if you don't know KCSF News, the other podcast I produce, we report City College of San Francisco-related stories. I did a couple episodes with the school's newspaper styled after the New York Times podcast, The Daily. I rather like those. I want to thank everyone involved in this story, Max, Vicky, Chancellor Rocha, and all the other students. Thank you. And my friend, Eli Siegel, for doing the beats on this one. And thank you for listening. I'm Nicholas Harder for The 38 and KCSF News. <laughs>